Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, where we seek to share the table with storytellers and seekers alike, hopefully and almost certainly over a great cup of coffee, where we seek to help you flourish and want to see you flourish in your mental health journey. We're your host, Jonathan Coggins. And I'm Kyle Ridgely, and I hope that this is a space that is safe and inclusive for all. Welcome to the table. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Pour Over Podcast. As we always like to say here, welcome to the table. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my other host, Mr. Kyle Ridgely. What's up? Glad you're here. So, it was somebody's birthday this mm-hmm. week. It was? Whose birthday was it, Kyle? Uh, you know, I, there was a fella that I know that it was his birthday, and that fellow was me. Um, yeah. Older, wiser, maybe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you feeling 22? You know, there's one there's one number that's off, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a two at the end, but. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, th- th- this will be Kyle's special birthday episode. The, yeah, there you go. That'll be a birthday celebration. <laughs> there we go. A birthday cre- go. credenza, right? Yep. There we go. <laughs> birthday credenza. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Kyle, how you doing this week, man? Birthday week. You know, um, um, how's work going? How's life? You know, um, it, it, you know, working during your birthday is not always the greatest, but I love what I do. Um, there's a lot of, you know, things to my job that can be a little bit uh, weighing and they can weigh on you and things like that. And you have to be mindful of your mental health and, and self-care and decompress and, and things like that uh so have to be mindful of that every day so yeah but o- overall it's been a good week just really busy a lot of things in the feel in that. the works a lot of planning and strategic stuff and so yeah yeah nice man nice well glad it's been a good week mm-hmm. it sounds like overall mm-hmm. um so all right guys well we're doing another kind of break up, you know, reflection, and then want to talk about some of the things that um, I think we need to talk about. Um, so really want to start with this and kind of reflecting on, you know, our past two episodes that we did, um, talking about, you know, we we had... Dion Sanchez on sharing her story of living with with a disability and um, navigating that, and then I had um, Rachel um, in our previous episode uh, from Hey Church um, talked about disability theology and um, you know how how that has shaped. Um, not only her her you know theological view, but just her view of people and and having a daughter that that lives with with a disability, and all all the messages that she received in her Calvinistic Reformed tradition didn't add up to having a daughter that lived with with a disability and 
um, as she experienced life and other people. And so just just two great episodes and, and kind of rounding out, reflecting on that. Um, so we'll we'll kind of start where, um, you know, how we did it before, you know. Uh, Kyle, start with you. What What is one thing that you kind of drew out that you enjoyed, that you learned in, you know, those two episodes talking about disability, people with disability, centering people, this whole people, despite them living with a disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't on the most previous episode, um, but I was um, on with Dion Sanchez, and uh, it was a great conversation. Um, gave her the mic, if you will, and let her share her story and her experience, which was uh, great within itself that she uh, trusted us and the audience enough to be able to share her story and, and what uh, what she uh, went through and things like that and, and how it resonated uh, with her journey and how uh, it was healing for her. Her podcast is, is a level of healing for her that uh, she didn't expect. And so um, I think overall it was just a very... Um, open episode and I think it was raw it was it was some it was you know truthful as it could be um, and what she yeah. was willing to share and so I think it was just awesome to to be able to be be able to sit in that and hold that for sure yeah that's good man I I definitely resonated with that because a lot of what we talk about on here um, you know it's in some ways it, it's it's healing for me you know I get to um, you know just kind of share my own journey on here and like that's just to be able to speak that out and have people listen and like there's just something healing about that Mm -hmm. you know um yeah so you know for me um and i'll there there was that part kind of resonating with dion's story um and then um on my episode with rachel on our on our, our previous episode um and and kind of, I also want to hear your thoughts on this, Kyle, because it's something that me and Rachel talked about. Um, you know, I I asked her, I posed the question to her, um, how do we dismantle or change people's minds from um, from seeing people as um, the sum of you know, they, they are the sum of this disability that they're living with or this, you know, mental health issue or what have you. And it was just very prof- simple yet profound the way she put it was, you know, we all live and we all die. And the in-between, we, we're all made up of different experiences and living with disabilities and like and and so and a lot of those experiences and similarities overlapping you know um and so it was just very like i said simple yet profound like we we all have this same experience of coming into the world and living and then dying like the in-between is complicated messy overlap sometimes and there's so much more in that in-between time that defines us than again like if we live with a disability or we um uh you know we we have chemical imbalances of the brain that you know that 
uh, mess up our mental health. Like those are not the sums of who we are. Um, and then the the other piece in there um, that you know I want to hear your thoughts on Kyle. Um, we also talked about um, getting away from using the term special needs when it comes to people that live with a disability. Um, you know, and I, as I've mentioned before, you know, I, I work in a support role. That, you know, I support adults with the developmental and intellectual disabilities. And I, I hate the term special needs. Um, used to use it because it's the culture that I grew up in. I was ignorant, frankly, um, that that is a dehumanizing and ableist term. Um, but I, I can't stand that phrase now pertaining to anybody. Hmm. And the, the, the piece of, you know, we all live and we all die that in between there, the context of special needs, the reason that I don't like it is because we all have some sort of support needs in our life based on our context, Mm -hmm. right? And um, people that live with a disability are no different. Mm -hmm. They just have support needs based on their context. Based on them, they live with a disability. Therefore, they just have support needs that they need in their life. Um, You know, and the same would, you know, be with somebody that, you know, has those chemical imbalances or lives with something like ADHD or something like there may be specific support needs that that person may need in their life Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they're special needs they're just support needs based on your context of your experience of your um yeah like uh that so that that's kind of like my whole take on you know the the term special needs and and how it is dehumanizing because it it kind of puts people in this category of they're an other you know Mm. um yeah what's your what's your thoughts on the the term special needs when Mm -hmm. it comes to people living with a disability and like getting away from using that term and um, yeah all that for sure um well i i think that one first of all we we have language is important and we have to be cognizant of the language we use when we refer to a person, just any person, um, a, a language that that respects the dignity and worth of that person. Um, examples may range from any uh, any number of topics, but for mental health, you know, it's and uh, basically language that would that would promote stigma or that would that would create this stigma around a person um different things within their life and their experience um simply um a person living with or a person who has a mental health experience of but changing it from the uh because a lot of times i think we we get into this place of uh even our own selves where we use language like i am autistic or i I am, you know, bipolar, those kind of lang- that kind of language, if it shifted to, to, um, to a different, in a different way, um, basically stating living with or mental health experience or, um, 
I, I, a person with, you know, or that lives with, um, things like that, changing it because that, that within itself changes the narrative of it's the whole sum of the person. It's a part of the whole sum. It's, it's a, it's a part of their experience. And, um, thinking about that language and how important language is, it also educates and spreads awareness. The language that you use um, when you're using to advocate for others is also important. And I think that language is so driven into the way we set culture, the way we set boundaries, the way that we advocate and uh, for others, you know, and um, excellent organization that I think does really well with this kind of uh, topic. It's uh, especially surrounding mental health is uh, the Mental Health Coalition. They do really good work um, with a lot of resources, a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, pamphlets and things like that you can print out online, but they do uh, really good work of how, how do you talk about mental health? Um, how do you talk about mental health at work? How do you, how do you, what language do you use? What is mental health? Like what is, uh, just the, the kind of an example is like in one of their pamphlets, it's uh, that we all have mental health, right? We, we all have mental health. We have an experience here. And so uh, changing the language to say, you know, where are we at in that journey of our mental health? And so I think that's an excellent um, way to do to do that is learning to change the language is going out there and educating yourself. There are plenty of good resources out there to, to learn about language and how important it is and to uh, break down that stigma to it, it all starts with the educating yourself, you know, um, being aware, being cognizant of what's going on around you. Reading the room is so important. Um, I know we had an episode with uh, Jessica Harris who was on and we were talking about trauma and she mentioned something that's very great and it's mentioned very often when referring to um, survivors um, or individuals who may have experienced a traumatic event in their life is that we need to do better at changing the language to um, instead of saying uh, what is wrong with you changing the language to what happened to you what 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 happened in, in your life tell me tell me about that you know like I'm willing to listen to that and and it's a totally different turn of phrase because when you say what what's wrong with you it's like there's there's something wrong with me but no what 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 experience that you have you know you experience something you know hard and, and and it could it affected you in a way so what happened so things like that referring back to some of the previous episodes and, and we always talk about how language is so important and it helps in that process of breaking down stigma and uh think it even is uh, important to remember that, you know, um, it, it's a process. Um, language takes time to change. And if we're not aware, and awareness starts with educating yourself, and being or also it comes back to not just educating yourself, but also putting yourself in situations where you can meet people of all different types, people who have different, varied array of experiences. Um, if we don't live with people outside of our space we we can't even begin to understand how 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 people uh may want to be referred to as like we talk about you know as a topic that i know people uh have different opinions of but like pronouns like what is what is a person's pronouns it's so important for for that person um would i rather be called he um, you know, or would I rather be called she or they or any number that to me 
is is so empowering for that person um, because you you are choosing to be a part of that person's story and if they you know that's important right the language is important there and accepting all people and being willing to say say that and asking someone about their pronouns that's that's another important way you know um so language i think is so important and the way that we use language uh, can either build someone up or tear someone down and can affect someone for for a long time it can it can it can bring about trauma triggers it can bring about uh, trauma you know and so uh, I always strive in everything I do to understand that first and foremost and then understanding that yes referring back to we all have mental health right bringing commonality to the life we live that we're all human and that we all have experiences we all have some sort of situation that may have happened in our life that may have been traumatic you know that we all when we talk about trauma-informed care uh trauma it doesn't affect you know traumatic situations don't always affect the same people in the same way and it can manifest itself in totally different ways for each person and so thinking about that overall is how are we doing with that and then but in the same token thinking about okay well we all have the commonality in living this life we all have experiences um what is what language are we using to give people space and so one phrase that i always like to use is that a lot of times when when we do are not in safe spaces where we can actually share and be candid about our experiences is that we often try, we apologize you know like say, i'm sorry i you know you know downloaded on you or things like that and then just changing the language to you know we all we all need someone to listen to us right we all need giving that person permission you know that 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 phrase can be enough to give that permission or you know we all need help you know we all need help sometimes it's probably one of the hardest things to ask for help um, but we all need help. I know I need help in a different way than you You might. There might be different situations in my life where I need help with other, in other ways, you know. And so we all need help. We all need support. We all need a tribe of people around us that help us through this life. Because, I mean, it, it, that's that's how we're going to get through it, you know. Sometimes this there's so much that's going on right now. You know, there's so many things that yep. can affect our mental health, especially right now in the, in the society we live in and the the, particularly the unrest that's going on in our country and it, it, it's enough to change the language we need to be better as a society even with diversity you know like particularly when we talk about um the idd community and um, those who may have you know autism or live with autism um change changing those languages in the way that like you said changing the language um and what we do and so uh, we have to celebrate neurodiversity we have to start as a society we have i mentioned that in uh the episode with Dion sanchez we have to start celebrating neurodiversity we have to do better as a society not expecting people to fit into a standardized test or a a way of thinking or you know this is the way that you have to be to fit into our society when society should conform to the all people you know how are we doing that you know and then so that is that is something that i'm passionate about is like really really thinking and being cognizant and being aware of language and how important it is good yeah it's just a random sidebar because when you were talking about pronouns I, this is where my mom went man 
I really want to go ask Ben Shapiro what his pronouns are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wouldn't go over the greatest, but you know. <laughs> ben, what pronouns do you prefer? <laughs> no, that's 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 good, man. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I, I think that's an important thing to kind of think about and take away, like studying our own language that we're using. Um, and um, pivoting when needed, you know. Um, and, you know, basically reiterated that, you know, there are no special needs. It's special needs within, again, the, the context of our own experience and, like, there's such thing as special needs, you know. Um, I'm going to shout out a book that I, it's not on my, re- I have not read it yet. It's on my reading list, but the only reason I am preemptively, you know, encouraging you to read it is because I have, I've watched people, um, interview the author and heard a lot of great things about this book. Um, but it's on my reading list. I plan on reading it, but it is called, my Body is Not a Prayer Request, Disability Justice in the Church. It is by Amy Kinney. And again, I've heard a lot of really good stuff uh, about this book and from Amy. Um, and I definitely, it's on my reading list. So um, go check that out and support um, Amy. All right. So <clears throat> moving on, um, just a few things that that I thought that we could, you know, talk about and, you know, kind of hear perspectives and because uh, I think these things need to be talked about. Um, I'll hit on this first one really quickly because where we've, we we have talked about politics on this, this podcast, this is not a political podcast, right? Like this is not a political organization. Um, but I still think it's important, and I think we should we should hit on it. Uh, the January six hearings and just all the the very damning things that are coming out of those hearings. And obviously, there is still the the pushback from <laughs> the the conservative right, and you know the election deniers, and you know all that, but. Man, I, I just and, and and for me it's not that you know, I I want you to to watch this whoever you are that's an election denier or, you know, a staunch conservative right wing person because I want you to agree with me politically. I, I want you to watch this so you can be exposed to truth, the truth of what actually happened that Donald Trump did to our democracy on January 20th. I I want you to hear the truth so you can make better decisions going forward when it comes to these things. Like, not because I want you on my political side. I could care less about that. I, I care about you knowing the truth. And, um... And, and finally conceding to that truth, you know, um, because there are so many people out there that they say that they are a patriot and they care about America and democracy and it, 
it sounds a whole lot, whole lot more like you want a Christian theocracy or an America in your image, you know, and not this, the the pluralistic America, which it was always supposed to be, right? Um, yeah, I just wish people would, would watch it with an open mind and... Um, for if 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 you call yourself that patriot or that person that cares about democracy in America, this is really important to patriotism and democracy in America. Like you know, um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm still you know as obviously they have more hearings. Um, I think another one, um, having another one this week, and then I think maybe three more this month. And so obviously you know, continue watching them and um, seeing what comes out. Um, but that's just where I'm at. I, I just, it's not because I want, again, want people to agree with me politically and whatever it is. I want people that, if you say you care about America, if you say you care about democracy, you're a patriot, this, this matters very much in the vein of patriotism and democracy and America and the future of democracy, the future of elections and etc if you care about those things then watch it with an open mind like you know um do you do you have any thoughts on that january 6th commission you know if you don't it's okay like you know it's it's definitely there's a lot to it and there's a lot of there's a lot of things coming out about it, and I think that reality is is that I think that as a society, there has to be accountability. I think that there has to be some sort of justice surrounding this topic. Yeah. Um, I do also believe that we there, this has a lot of things have been unveiled during the pandemic, and a lot of things that we thought were, yeah, thought we're great or thought that we're a oh, we're 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 a democracy and things like that it's just like we realize that democracy is so fragile and that it's not as strong as we thought it was it's it's it it's it's that day was was a day that was a, a reckoning for that is that it is so fragile and what we're learning about all the different things that are happening within our political systems and justice systems that are rolling back some of those things that we've uh, that marginalized communities have fought for for over the past 50 to 60 years and you know <clears throat> returning to this place where there's no turning back uh that those things that are rolling back it's 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 it can be disheartening and frustrating um uh, for me particularly um that we are in this space you know um and it, it kind of all kind of came to a, a head during the pandemic and really seeing all the things that were under a kind of covered, you know, in a sense. It wasn't that it wasn't there. It just wasn't as blatant to see as now it is. All the things were coming to light. And so and I know we've talked about that yeah, in this podcast before, yeah. but I think that there's a lot of a lot of conversations that we need to have, um, particularly about accountability and integrity. Um, about these topics and how firmly we hold to something and the certainty of what we believe and at the expense of other people 
at the expense of people's lives and dignity and autonomy and people's uh people's like lives and livelihood you know um and so what are, what are we doing as a society to do better you know how yeah. are we how are we being better and how are we learning from the past how are we learning from from our history you know hundred percent last last little little thing I'll say and then we'll you know move on that you know from that um, um, and and just as we mentioned before you know um, the ethic that that you know that that we come from is a is a Jesus ethic right like and Obviously, we, we've talked about, we don't mean that in a dogmatic, like, you know, way. Like, actually, you know, pursuing justice and, like, being inclusive and, like, loving your neighbor well. Like, all those kind of things. That kind of, the actual Jesus ethic, right? Um, and so, coming from a Jesus ethic, like, we, we, we can't, we can't miss the... The big foundation and fuel that was that's underneath a lot of that January sixth. The uh, I mean the the power and emboldenment that the undertones, you know, the undertones. yeah, um, and the power and emboldenment that you know that um, that Trump gave um, white Christians in America, you know. Mm. The Christian nationalist undertones and fuel to those kind of things to so January sixth. That is that is the definition of taking the Lord's name in vain, right? Like I'm doing this, you know, to bring America back to God, right? I'm doing this in the name of God, like you know, Jesus flags at the Capitol that day, mm-hmm. the Christian flag, like. Um, I think there was another another flag that said like um, Jesus is my king, Trump must Trump is my president or something like that. Like Christian nationalists is the fuel to things like this. And again, that 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 is like one of the the literal definitions of taking the Lord's name in vain. Hmm. Like and white Christian nationalism, people try to downplay it, but it is a it is a it's a. It's not French. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue right now. It, it's a danger to if you care about America. It's a danger to American our democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever way, and I, I've said this before on my personal account, like about resistance. Like it's not going to look the same for everybody. But if you care, if you say you care about America, find whatever way you can to resist that. To resist white Christian nationalism, mm. um, because it, it is a threat. It it is not fringe, <laughs> um, and get involved. Wh- mm. Whatever that looks like. Again, resistance is not going to look the same for mm. everybody. Mm. You know, yeah. somebody that means vocal speaking up. Some people that means. You know, signing a petition, whatever. Like, find whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're gifted at, um, whatever you love doing. Find whatever lane that is to resist Christian nationalism, and please do it. Um, because 
again, if if you if you're somebody that's listening to this and you're from America, you care about America, it needs to be resisted by mm. all of us. Mm. Um, I think it goes back to what I said earlier: is that it's it's a failure to learn from history. And if we look across the landscape of church history, we see that there have been many atrocities that the church has committed because of that one fact of Christian nationalism. And how many times has the church as a whole, the universal church, you know, prior in history, has used God's name and God's will as a justification for atrocities, numbers of atrocities over time in history. And so... The what crusades. Are we, how are we, right? <laughs> I mean, how are we being accountable to that? How are we having integrity behind, how are we learning from the past? And we, we can see it ev- evidently. It may be in a different time, in a different setting, a different people, but it's still the same. Christian nationalism, nationalism is not a new thing. And no. um, I, you know, it, it, is, it is detrimental to all people. Um, it is not what Christ proclaimed and is not what Christ asked us to do. Um, I'm brought always back to Micah 6, 8, something so simplistic, but very hard to do, you know, as love mercy, you know, love justice and walk humbly with your God. Yep. That's good, man. That's yeah. good. Or do justice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So love, love mercy, do justice and walk humbly with your God. And that's, that's hard. Um, it's a hard thing to do. Um, but what does God require of you? And it's carried throughout scripture, justice, mercy, love, 100% living humbly, walking humbly with your God, not knowing that you are not certain of anything, you know, the certainty of things is what gets us into a place that's very dangerous and very destructive is that how certain are we when there's many things that we cannot explain with the Bible you know, there's a lot of things that are not within the liter- literature of Scripture that we have to be able to look at all themes of Scripture and say, "What is what is what did Jesus want? What did would He model? You know, for us as a, as as followers of Him, you know." And I see that of justice, mercy, humility, you know. And everything that he did, you know, you talk about it often as, you know, fighting against the empire, that empire that seeks to oppress those who are not are considered to fit in societal norms. And those who don't have a voice or those who are continuing to be oppressed and marginalized, how are we and our own privilege, because we all have our own sets of privileges, um, maybe different for everyone, but how are we using that privilege to advocate? How are we using that privilege to educate? How are we using that privilege to pick someone up and walk with and celebrate each individual experience? How, what are we doing with that? And so we're, we're, in a, we're in a dire time in our country particularly. I can yeah. only speak for, for what I can see in my country. And, and we're in a, we're in a, a place... Where we have decisions to make and decisions can have consequences whether good or bad and so what are we leaving for the next 50 years what what are we leaving in our way what are we leaving destruction or are we leaving life liberty and the pursuit of happiness 
what are we leaving in our wake and right now it's it's concerning you know you know yeah and that and that and that's why i brought it up you know um because i again I, i think it's important to hit on um you know because it this has to do i mean it intersects with people's mental health what's going on with all of that with you know the big lie and christian nationalism and um that's why you know i'd said like not because i want you to agree with me politically because i want you to if if you're one of those people that has lived in i don't say this offensively but lived in an alternate reality Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i i want you to come back to truth you know so you, you can make wiser decisions in the future when it comes to whatever maybe voting whatever you know so we don't have to explain to those future future generations why we left them shit you know mm-hmm. um so anyways move, moving on from that um two two things that that I want to want to hit on um like I said, because because I think they're important to talk about, um, and I I made a I made a post about this one um, on the Peaks and Valleys page. It was a couple weeks ago, um, and it 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 said that that we believe you. What I was specifically talking about, and and kind of tying this back to. Um, you know the the ethic that I come from. The you know what I was specifically talking about in that context when I said we believe you. If you read the post, it was talking about victims of sexual abuse. We in this space, we believe you. We believe you. We we want you to hear that. We want you to know that. That we believe you. Okay. Um, there's not going to be any questions about. Well what were you wearing. Okay. There's not going to be any questions about. Well. Uh, why were you alone with this person. There's not going to be any questions about. Well. Why were you out so late. Whatever. Simply going to be we believe you. The reason I'm bringing this up. The reason I'm talking about it. The reason I think. I want people to hear that and know that that for peaks and valleys is an organization because it, it just within the past five years there has been a damning amount of scandal after scandal after abuse story abuse cover up coming to light um, numerous amounts of them within the church. Yes, this happens in all across, you know, um, other organizations. Um, but again, it, this intersection with, you know, I, I follow Jesus. I, that, that's my ethic. Um, I need to talk about it because there's been way too many times where victims are blamed, where they're gaslit where they get asked those questions by people that say they're supposed to protect 
women and children and talking about the church. Um, you know, those questions, what were you wearing? You know, um, what, what, whatever question you want to throw out there to turn around and blame it on the victim. And so we, we want to declare and say and make it known that we care about abuse victims here. We care about you seeing and getting the help you need and deserve. And whatever that looks like for you, um, we're not going to force you. But we just need need you to know, again, when... And I, I'm not going to throw the, the entirety of the American church under the bus because there has been... A lot of people that, that have stepped up in great ways when it comes to abuse. But there have been a whole lot more that have not and have handled it horrendously. We're, we're just trying to, to join join the chorus here. And um, again, knowing that, that the Jesus is the ethic that I come from, that we, we are not the space where abusers are going to be covered for where you're going to be blamed as a victim that we want to partner with you again we want to help resource you and then we we want to listen to your story and we're going to tell you we believe you okay and um yeah um also it was it was very I just I just have to say this because it was it was just laughable to me. Um <clears throat> and, and part of this comes on comes off the heels of um the Southern Baptist Convention navigating sexual abuse within the denomination <clears throat> excuse me. An investigation into that and and I mentioned it uh on the last podcast episode you know, that there was just a lot going on when I recorded that with Rachel, and I mentioned that, the SBC abuse investigation, you know, that, that we here holding space for you. Uh, man, like, so so Guidepost Solutions, the the organization that, that did the investigation for the SBC. Well, it's June. What what's in June? Pride Month. So Guidepost Solutions posted um, that they were celebrating Pride Month, like you know inclusivity and all that. Like did a rainbow logo. You know there were a few prominent figures in the SBC. When there's been decades long, two decades, I think, two, three decades long of abuse cover-ups, and their concern is that the organization that the SBC hired to do this investigation celebrates Pride Month. They literally tweeted about it. They were like, we gave our money to this organization? Oh my gosh. It was laughable to me. It's like, so you mean to tell me that it was? it's just been revealed that, again, 
two decades long of abuse cover-up just came out. And three weeks later, you're outraged that the company that did the investigation celebrates diversity and inclusivity? Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're diverting. Sounds like you... It's just laughable to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Pointing a finger at... Right, like, else? yeah. To divert. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's just... Again, I, I, I wanted to bring it up, and I wanted to, to make it known that... Um, and and I'll keep going back to this because it matters that um, because you know you all know that the ethic that I come from and that that is kind of a, a standard for me is is you know following Jesus and when it comes to sexual abuse and somebody that follows Jesus not always the best track record um and so, yeah, we just we just wanted to make it known that um, that you'll be believed, that you will um, your your voice is welcome here, that your story is welcome, um, and that uh, we want to see you healed and and whole and whatever that looks like. Uh, we want to help you find those resources and get you connected to those resources. Um, and actually be a safe safe place for you. Um, and, and let me also say this. Again, going back to not in the not in the dogmatic way. like if you were somebody that is is not, and I don't think I've, I've mentioned this before, if you're somebody that does not have the same ethic as me, if you're not somebody that does not follow Jesus, help will help will not be withheld from you. <laughs> because we we are not an evangelical evangelistic or a um uh, that type of organization. We 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 are a mental health organization. Um so we want you to know that too. That you, if you are somebody that does not follow Jesus, um, that does not have come from that same ethic, um, you are still welcome at this table. That you, again, help will not be withheld from you because you don't follow Jesus. Um, we still want to see resources and the things you need for your mental health journey in your hands. Um, and so I want you to know that too. Um yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Kyle? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I think that it was something important that we needed to talk about and mm-hmm. we need to, to make known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, the stories are, it's it, it's heavy um, to see an organization that I grew up in that yeah. is a huge bear of trauma for me in my life, religious trauma and institutional trauma within those walls and you know, the people that we trusted, you know, to teach us and educate us and help us grow into functioning members of society. And um, there is a space for everyone here and um, particularly survivors, you know, of abuse and knowing that there is a space that 
you are believed and I can second that. Um, you know, thank, I thank you everyone for coming to the table and coming to our episodes day in and day out. And some things that come out of our mouth may not be something you're expecting, but it's once you listen to more of our episodes, you understand our stories and our experiences and why we're so passionate about the things that we do and the things that we advocate for and um, why we're so uh, passionate about educating others, for sure. Yeah. All right. Last thing, and then we'll we'll round this out, um, because I also think this is another important thing. Um <clears throat> On the conversation of, um, um, lost my words, uh, pride, June. Because it's, it's happened this month in a way that's, that I've never seen it happen before, or, Maybe I wasn't paying attention before, but mm-hmm. just the the Christian backlash and outrage and um all of that this month. And one one particular and on on this I'll give a little a small sidebar that you should go listen to if you haven't yet. You should go listen to our episode with um Bridget Rivera, we talked about um, LGBTQ and mental health within the church, and it was a great episode. She has a book called, which is a fantastic read, it's called um, Heavy Burdens. Um, uh, I think it's Seven Ways LGBTQ People Are Harmed Within the Church. Um, So if you haven't let yet, go listen to the episode with her. Um, she is a queer Christian. It was a fantastic episode. Her book is great. Um, yeah. So anyways, had to shout that out, um, because I think it's pertinent to this conversation, but in particular, there was a, there was a pastor in, I think it was Texas that, actually there, there were two instances that happened that said that he believed that um, homosexuals needed to be shot in the back of the head. Then, in Idaho, the right-wing extremist group Patriot Front was arrested because they were going to apparently riot at a, a Pride event. Okay? The reason I'm talking about this is because... Because because we've talked about it before, right? Like, uh, but also because I think I don't think people realize e- even even them just be, but because of how extreme I've seen it. It's been this month, the Christian backlash against Pride Month, right? Um, I I I don't think people realize how inflammatory just the smallest thing is for example like you know i've seen plenty of you know well just an abomination right like that stuff and and just it's it's dangerous because it will lead people to not 
Nobody tells people to do it, but the inflammatory nature of it, um, it will lead people to do things against the LGBTQ community. In other words, LGBTQ people's lives are at stake. It's horrible. It's, yes. Um, perpetuating and, yes. stigma and, and hate. And, and especially with... Um, I, I, I have a post on the Instagram page that you can go find that has some of the some of the stats as far as mental health within the LGBTQ community, but they're disproportionate compared to their, you know, heterosexual counterparts. And mental health is a is a big um big problem within the LGBTQ community. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. You know? Mm. Um whether whether you whether you agree with being affirming or not, if we simply just let people live their own lives, that that will be much, much better. You know? Um, and and because I, I care about the LGBTQ community. I care about the you know, the mental health of, of people that for so long have been told that they're an abomination or like all these other things. Mm. Like I, I think we need to, it, 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 this is another area I would, I would encourage people to whatever way it looks like to resist, to resist any kind of inflammatory um, remarks or, you know, derogatory things towards mm. the LGBTQ community. Encourage people to, if you see it, just encourage people to just let people just live their lives. Mm. Like, you know, like you're mm. not you're not in other people's bedrooms or relationships. Mm. Like just just let just let people live their own lives. Mm. You know, um, have the rights of everyone to feel safe. Yes, you have rights like everyone else. Exactly, <laughs> and like I said, the the reason that again I care, you know, um, and also because it, it's again I don't know if I haven't been paying attention in years past, but it, it just seems like it's been a lot more extreme and heightened and inflammatory this year from right wing people to. Mm-hmm. You know Christians to it's been going on for a long you know, time it's 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 just you know we we may may not have seen it at the time you know where we are at now versus where we were or you know where we were before not you know like I said in earlier in this episode coming outside of your normal crowd your people you start to see things in a more clearer light than just in this bubble and so it's it's been happening for a long time you know and so it's just something that's more clear, I think, probably to you now, and it's being able to see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely hundred percent on that, man. Like, if if you don't, I'm not saying like go out like and find somebody that's within that community and say, hey, like you want to be my friend, but like have a conversation, have a conversation. You know, a- as you're going out, like With no agenda. Yeah, like, as you're going out, like, you know, you know, you're probably going to come across somebody that is within that community. Like, strike up a conversation. Like, you know, like, 
get to know them get to know them like that will that will humanize that person for you you will mm-hmm. see them as a a human person just like you mm-hmm. and again whether you agree with the lifestyle or not they're still human beings just mm-hmm. like you. Yeah, that's not up to you and, to decide what's right, right like, or wrong for someone to do. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, just let them live their lives. But I'm talking about the have a conversation. Get somebody in your life that is in that community. Mm-hmm. It will It will complete. I'm, I promise, I trust, mm-hmm. trust me, it will completely change your perspective on... <laughs> this it'll be a humanized conversation mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. um because i i know plenty of people that um <clears throat> uh you know are not affirming um that um also are not assholes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that are actually uh inclusive and have people that are lgbtq in their lives that mm-hmm. Again, not affirming, but not assholes. They actually love LGBTQ people and mm-hmm. actually want them included in whatever it is, you know, like society or church life or whatever. Um, There's a yeah. reason why church and state are separate. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you summed it up really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that is, that's it, guys. Um, and like I said, um, we just wanted to do a little reflection on um, our, our past two episodes and disability and, um, you know, just just talk about some current events that I, I think was, I, I know was, was needed to be talked about and important because, again, a lot of this stuff interacts with our mental health. And so... Um, and we'll definitely put some good resources in the show notes uh, of some of the things that we mentioned here, uh, educating yourself, getting becoming more aware of language, and yeah, and, and I'll and like I'll that. and I'll put that book I shouted out, uh, "My Body Is Not a Prayer Request," in the show notes, so you can guys can check that out too. And I'll just go ahead and put Bridget's book in there too, mm-hmm. the heavy burdens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, guys. Well. Um, Thanks again for always um, showing up to our corner of the internet. Um, if you enjoy this episode, um, please give us um, a rating, a review. It, it helps with um, the algorithm. That will be a most precious gift to us if you could do that for us. Also, very quick announcements. Um, and just uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram so you can keep up with um, updates as they can. But um, it's been officially set. Date is on the calendar, July 30th. If you are local or if you um, are semi-local, maybe, you know, a couple of hours and, and you want to drive here on a Saturday, um, we're having an event on um, July 30th here in town. Um, again, follow us um, on our Instagram for the details on that as they come out and I'll announce more details um, as it get, gets closer to the date on the podcast um, but um, looking like possibly going to have um, an organization there specifically on the topic of 
domestic and sexual abuse. So, a fantastic organization locally, and um, yeah, don't want to miss it. Going to have some free coffee. Um, yeah, so again, check the Instagram. Um, keep up to date with all that. And as always, thanks for coming to the table, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of the Porter Podcast. See you.